0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Throughout the liturgical calendar, we read different stories in the Gospels, three uh, different uh, miracles that happen. And one thing we have to kind of do is look at what is the purpose of these miracles. Why? Why does the Bible have these stories of miracles? Why is it important for us to uh, hear it or or listen to these miracles or understand these miracles? And the best way to kind of look at it is into breaking it down into two different aspects of, of the miracles. The first thing that we can learn from every miracle is how Christ handles our situation. How Christ handles our situation. So for example, many times we hear, uh, like for example, the story of the healing of the blind man and how we are blind and we need Christ to come and give us sight. Or the paralytic man. Or in this case, we see the story of Lazarus who was dead and Christ came to raise him up. So the first thing is how Christ handles our situation, handles us. What is our state and what Christ does to our state? The second thing is how we as Christians and imitators of Christ and the light of the world and the salt of the earth go and treat others. So everything that Christ did in the gospel, we are taught to do. Not just from the sense of, oh, this is a nice thing to do and we clap for Christ. No, but we learn from Christ and we try to do the same thing. Now, we'll get into that because I don't know how many people here can raise somebody from the dead, but this is also still a lesson for us to be able to live out. So the first thing, like we said, how Christ handles our situation. The fathers of the church talk very, very specifically about the most important thing about us, about our life, is to understand who God is and what our relationship to God is. What is our status? What is, what is our state? And that is repentance. When, when we can stand in front of God in my own room, closed door, me by myself and God, and I can talk to God and say, okay, in comparison to you, I'm in need. I, I, as I'm striving towards you, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with this sin. I'm struggling with this sin. I'm struggling with this sin. I need help with this. I need help with this. Repentance doesn't happen unless we put Christ in front of us. Because there is a sense of comparison in order for us to understand who we are. For example, if, if you're in a, in a class and you're studying and you're taking exams, in order for you to see how well you're doing, you need to put yourself up to the standard of the grade that you want, which hopefully is the highest grade. So if the grade that you want is an A, and you look at yourself and you see, okay, I, I'm, I have a B minus or a C plus, you know that that difference needs to be made up. You need you know that at that point, you need to work harder. You need to figure out how to fix those things, those mistakes. And that's what repentance is. We put the standard who is Christ in front of us. And that's what repentance is. And that's when we figure out what our state is, what our status is. That's how we know where we are. Now, the transformation doesn't happen on our own we can't do it on our own sometimes when a when a child is struggling in school we assume that they could just turn the switch and it's easy just just get a 100 what's wrong with you just get get an A but sometimes they need extra help they need tutoring they need they need somebody to help them and guide them in their study they need to ask more questions in school so that the teacher can help them. The same thing happens in our spiritual life. In our spiritual life, we cannot change or be transformed without Christ. Sometimes we try to do that. Sometimes we try to fix ourselves before we come to Christ. Now we look at the story, this story here, we see that Lazarus was dead. Lazarus was dead. We can't look at this story and say, why didn't Lazarus just come out of the tomb by himself? Why didn't he just unwrap himself and come and just transform himself? Why doesn't he resurrect himself? Because in order for us, for our lives to be changed, we need Christ. The fathers of the church talk about that this synergy between our life, our struggle, our actions, and Most importantly, the grace and love of God that transforms a person. St. John Chrysostom talks about how the church is a hospital. The church being a hospital, no one goes to the hospital if they're feeling okay. No one goes to the hospital to hang out. I mean, I don't think so. Everybody would go if and when they require assistance. And this is what is very, very important to understand. That we need to understand where our situation is in order for us to improve. If we don't, there will be no repentance. There will be no transformation. There there will be no life of holiness if we don't first acknowledge where we're at on the road. This story also teaches us that... Regardless of how far we have gotten, how far we are, how broken we are, how many sins we've done, the type of sins we've done, God can change us, God can transform us. And that's very, very important to understand because the devil, one of his biggest tricks, he says, you know how messed up you are? How are you going to come to church? Wait till you fix yourself. Imagine if they knew that you did that. How can you come to church? How can you show your face in church? And the devil will keep playing in our mind. Tells us that we're the worst. We can't keep, we can't improve, we can't get better. But what we learn in our relationship with, with Christ is that regardless of our situation, even to the point of death, Our spiritual death God can resurrect us but the fact is we have to be willing we have to be willing we have to want to we have to work for it and the ideas the idea is that we do our part but we trust and we ask God to transform us and change us if you notice it was four days in the tomb four days in the tomb when we think about four days in the tomb, we think about well, Christ spent three days in the tomb. Why did, why did Christ wait on Lazarus? It's not like he didn't hear about it. He heard that Lazarus was sick. He heard that Lazarus was dying. But he told us in the gospel that this happened so people could see the glory of God. After four days, there's a stench. After four days, the body is decomposing. After four days, your body is really, really getting, it smells so bad. But Christ is explaining to us or showing us that regardless of how far we've get, we've gotten, regardless of how bad the stench of our sin is, He can bring us back to life. So the first thing is, like we said, what our, uh, our status is, what's our state, in our life, in order for us to repent so that God can resurrect us and change our life. The second thing is, in every miracle, we also must see what is my role, what is my role in the world? For example. when Christ says you are the light of the world or you are the salt of the earth. What does he mean by that? Why did he put the responsibility on us? Just like last week we talked about, or two weeks ago, we talked about you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Not the idea of uh, 5,000 people were hungry, but Christ said you give them something to eat. It's, It's our responsibility as Christians in this world to do the work of God. So in this case, it teaches us how we should treat others. Now, the the, the first thing we have to look at is we have to acknowledge we have a responsibility. We have to acknowledge we have a responsibility. As Christians, we have a responsibility to resurrect people from the dead. Now, I'm not saying everybody go to the nearest cemetery and say a bunch of prayers and see what happens. But the idea is that we know people in our life. We know people in our life that are spiritually dead, who are far from God, who are living in sin, who have bad habits that have taken over their life. We know that. If we take a second, we can a list will be made in our mind right away of people that we know personally that we've been praying for, that we, we know that they're struggling, that, that they're just not connected, not connected to the church, not connected to prayer. They're, you know, not connected to the body of Christ. And in doing so, once you realize, we have to, the, we have to remember that it's our responsibility. Society tells us it's none of your business. It teaches us, everybody. Somebody's doing something wrong. Look the other way. That's what society teaches us. Somebody's doing something wrong. Don't get involved. It's none of your business. Somebody's hurt. Oh, I hope they feel better. We're passive about it. We walk. We we take a step back rather than a step forward. That's why Christ taught us. Uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. Why? The Good Samaritan went out of his way to help. This idea that we just mind our business is not a Christian mentality. This is a part of the broken world that we're in. We're we're, we're told and we're taught that we should be involved and we should be helping and we should do everything in our power and everything that we possibly can to lift people up, to resurrect people from their situation. Now let me ask you, if you know somebody is physically in need, physically in need, does anybody hesitate to help? Of course not. There was one time, uh, sometime earlier this year or last year, during one of the services, someone fainted, someone fell within five seconds, there was six doctors, 10 people, people, everybody on their phone calling 911, everybody trying to help people getting water, people getting food, people, people making sure that, the, that everybody's okay. It was, it was a crowd of people. Because when we see some, somebody in a physical struggle, physical need, we don't hesitate. If, if, if we know that somebody's sick, we go out of our way to get them medicine. We go help them, we encourage them as much as we can, and we offer a ride to the hospital. We do that. For a physical, we do that. How often do we do that when we know that somebody is spiritually struggling, spiritually hurt, spiritually in pain? How often do we put ourselves out there and put ourselves in a situation where we are there to help others from their situation and help them lift them up from their situation, give them a spiritual healing. This story teaches us that death requires, that the the wage of sin is death, and that death requires a resurrection. This is the only way that can happen. It needs, there, there needs to be a lifting up. Now, does that mean, does that mean that we, like like I said, oh no, the situation can be too hard? Remember, just like in the first case, it's not us that are doing the, the spiritual healing, but it's that God is working through us. And the closer we get to our relationship with God, one, I will notice people in pain more, and I will, God will work through me to make the change in the person. Like I said, society tells us, mind your business. Society tells us, you're not going to be able to help them. Help yourself first. That's not the story of the gospel. St. John Chrysostom says, it's more important, it's, It's. Uh, he said, feeding the hungry, feeding the hungry is a greater work than raising the dead. Feeding the hungry is a greater work than raising the dead. Why? Because feeding the hungry, you're lifting that person up, you're giving them life. It's as if you're raising them from the dead. It's as if you're raising them from the dead. When you fill a need, when you help somebody out without showing off about it. Many times we, we, want, we help somebody and then we have to announce it on Facebook and Instagram and we tell the world that we just helped this person. It's not about us helping. It's about the, the blessing that comes in our service. It's a blessing to serve. It's a blessing to do the work of God. And at the same time, God is working through you and through that person. So as we, as we go through, starting this Wednesday, we have the, the fast of the Holy Virgin, St. Mary. And one of the things that we, we should pray for is to figure out how, again, like one, figure out my spiritual status. And how I can work on that and the church teaches us and gives us the tools by fasting and praying and liturgies and and all this all the sacraments confession repentance the idea that we go in there through this fast that there's a transformation that happens and the second that God opens our eyes and our ears so that we may help our own families our own community that we in as a church See anybody in need that we serve the needs of of our brothers and sisters and glory be to God forever. Amen.